Welcome everybody to the podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin, Executive Director of Adult and Teen Challenge of Upper Cumberland. And like I always say, I'm just excited. I, I, I'm excited because I love to study the Word. I'm excited because I love to preach the Word. And I'm excited that uh, hopefully somebody's listening to these podcasts and allowing the Word of God to change and transform their lives. Uh, I read, uh, I've been reading a book by uh, John Bevere, uh, here recently, it's called X, and it talks about multiplication. But uh, in the book, John Bevere talks about this guy that he knew, and the guy was really kind of disappointed in where his life was going and his career and all this stuff. Had a great career, and uh, he set out to memorize over a thousand scriptures in one year. And I'm going to tell you something, boy, that that uh, got a hold of me. That really kind of convicted me. And I started uh, asking myself, man, how many scriptures am I memorizing or do I actually even know? Do I even know a thousand scriptures uh, that I could just quote from from my head? And and so uh, anyways, I, just, I say all that to say that the word of God is powerful. The word of God is truth. The word of God is so good. And that's the reason we do these podcasts is because we want to uh, encourage you and strengthen you and build you up through the Word of God. Today, I want to talk to you about uh, something that I just ministered on in chapel here at Adult and Teen Challenge. And uh, I want to talk to you about distractions. Uh, I've talked about distractions before, but I want to look at it from a different uh, area, a different standpoint today. Um, you know, understand this, that distractions come in all forms and distractions come from all directions, uh, but the result's the same. Uh, distractions are created to take us off course. Uh, distractions are, are created to prevent us from experiencing all that God has for us. And, and distractions are, are created by the enemy to, to put us in a wrong position which would cause us to miss out what God is wanting for us. Um, we were in church last night, and this this pastor was he was up there and he was preaching, and he was asking everybody, you know, are you thirsty? And 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 what does it look like to be thirsty? And he was he was talking about Moses, how God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, where they had plenty to eat, plenty of water, and all this, and he took them out into a dry place. But every need was supplied. He gave them manna and all this. And when they wanted water, God supplied water from a rock in a desert place to thirsty people. Are you thirsty? Man, it was just a, such a great word. But the issue is, is the people were so distracted that even the manna from heaven, even the quail God provided, even the water from the rock, everything that God did, the people were so distracted that all that they could look at was they were in the wilderness. They kept talking about wanting to go back to Egypt. They kept talking about the bondage that they were once in and how it was better for them there. And I think so many times people today, that's where they get is they get this distraction, these things that happen in life, whether it's the news, whether it's a situation in their family, whether it's uh, you know, what, whatever that can be, um, as change happens, they, they allow that distraction to, to get them off course and to prevent them from experiencing all that God has for them or, or, or allowing them to change position to where they're now not in the place that God would want them to be. So as I started looking at distraction, I, I looked up the biblical definition for distraction. 
The Bible definition for distraction is something that takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. Okay? The Bible definition of distraction is something that takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, I remember when my children, years ago, when they were in high school, they went to Highland Rim Christian Academy in Cookville, Tennessee. And uh, at Highland Rim, one of the things that all the students had to do was they had to take Latin. And, uh, you know, I got to thinking about that. I thought, why, when I first enrolled them, my wife and I enrolled them, I thought, why would you teach Latin when it's a dead language? And the, uh, the, the headmaster of the school told us, he said, Latin is the root language of so many other languages. Latin is the root of Spanish. Latin is the root of French. Latin is the root of many, many, uh, languages that we, even Greek, that we that our Bible our Bible is written in Greek uh, Hebrew Greek and Aramaic, and so <clears throat> when we when we think about the root of almost every language that we can go to, it goes back to Latin. Well, that's great, Pastor Tim. Why are you giving us a a lesson on language? Well, because I want to talk to you about this this Latin where we get our word distraction from the the root uh, Latin word. The, the dis, D-I-S, port, uh, portion of distraction means to be apart. And then the traction part actually comes from the Latin root trahir, which means to drag. So the word distraction comes from the Latin word, or two Latin words rather, which means dis, trahir, or apart and drag, which means distraction is to drag you apart from the task that God has for you. And, and it, so you need to understand the root of where we get our English words because it brings such great uh, knowledge to us. It gives get, get such greater understanding of the things of God. So often what, what, what a distraction is and what a distraction can feel like is that we're being drawn away from the purpose or the focus or the, 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 the thing that God really has for you and I. So with all that being said, how many of you listening would say, listen, yes, I can relate. There have been things that have come up in my life that have caused a distraction that have drawn me away from what I know I need to be doing for the Lord. The apostle Paul was one of these that understood a lot about distraction. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you ha- can turn, you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And, and we're going to look at one verse of Scripture there in 1 Corinthians. But understand this, that, that Paul, we, we have 1 and 2 Corinthians. Paul actually probably would have written three, maybe even four letters to the church at Corinth. Um, his first letter would have been uh, just kind of an informative letter. Hey, I'm coming. I'm wanting to visit you, those type of things. And then he goes to Corinth. He sees all that's going on, and he teaches them some things uh, about how to live a life of Christ. But then as soon as Paul leaves Corinth, um, there's a group of Judaizers. There's a group of people that come after Paul that begin to teach some things that are contrary to what the apostle Paul just taught them. 
those things that were taught became a distraction to the Corinthian people. So then Paul has to go back and then he writes another letter, which, which a lot of us call, it's a, it's a painful letter. We don't really have that in our Bible, but the painful letter is actually part of 2 Corinthians, but not all of, but Paul writes this painful letter where he has to rebuke. He has to bring some correction because the people in Corinth have been distracted. And then uh, he goes and he visits again. And then we get what we have the most of our 2 Corinthians where it then begins to encourage them because they started getting some things back on track. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35, the apostle Paul says, and this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. So Paul's telling them right here, you need to serve the Lord without all these distractions. Now, if you look at this in context, Paul is actually talking to them about marriage. So, so if you've read all this, the verses prior to this, Paul's talking about marriage and he says, you know, even for some people, marriage can be a distraction, but for other people, even singleness can be a distraction. But the reality is so many other things can become a distraction in our life. Uh, if, if we're, if it, if we're not serving the Lord the way that God has called us to serve the Lord, if God has spoke to you about serving Him in, in a specific area and you're not doing that because maybe your job, maybe your family, maybe people that you're associating with, maybe too much time in front of the television, because those things have become a distraction in your life, you're not serving the Lord the way you need to. Now, again, I shared with you the Latin. Let's look at the Greek word for distraction. The Greek word for distraction, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this word, but the Greek word for distraction means without distraction or the opposite, which is full devotion. So Paul is saying, I would, that you would not, would not have distraction, that you may serve the Lord without distraction. So this word that he's using right here means to be uh, without distraction or, or, or well, without full devotion. So Paul says we need to serve the Lord with full devotion. If, if we're not serving the Lord uh, in full devotion, then we're without full devotion. So again, Paul is instructing the people of Corinth. Yes, he's instructing them about marriage, but he's instructing them about many other things in their life. He's saying that the things of this world can distract us from being fully devoted to Christ. So I want to share with you today a couple examples of people from the Word of God that we can use as an example of, of, of people that were distracted from what God told them. So let's go back to the very beginning. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2 and let's look at Eve. <clears throat> Eve uh, was the first person that, that we can see uh, from known creation that we know about in the Bible uh, that was distracted. In the Garden of Eden, you got to think about, there was a uh, perfect utopia. Uh, everything in the garden was provided for Adam and Eve. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, think about this. God had supplied Adam and Eve 
with everything that they needed. All the food that they needed, the, the animals were subject to their, to, to Adam and Eve. I mean, just everything. They didn't, they didn't even need clothes. So that tells me right there that it probably wasn't too hot. It probably wasn't too cold. Uh, everything was, was, was growing. Everything was fruitful. Everything was, it, God provided everything that they had. And God gave them one command, one command. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, it says, And the Lord commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So God gave man specific instructions. Everything in this garden is for you, for your consumption, for you to, to enjoy and to have. Just don't eat of that one tree. God was very specific. So God told Adam, and we know that Adam would have told Eve. So in other words, think of it this way. God will speak to me and give me instructions as the executive director of this program. I will pass those instructions onto the staff, my program staff, those, those that work for us here, uh, that take care of the ladies, those that uh, uh, do our, our media, those that do our, uh, help us to plan our events, those that take care of all of our, uh, finances. God will speak to me about, hey, we're going to build a building. God will speak to me about um, uh, how many more beds we need. God will speak to us about different events that we need to plan. I pass that information on to my staff. Um, here at Teen Challenge, if, if you know anything about Adult and Teen Challenge of the Cumberland, we've got manuals for just about everything out there. We teach classes, over 50 classes to our students. Uh, plus we have chapels. We have chapel four days a week. We have church, uh, Sundays and Wednesdays. So, all of this instruction is given to our staff. All this instruction is given to our students. All of these things go out to them from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God, from the things that the Lord has spoke to me. So if a staff member or a student comes back and they say that they didn't do something because they didn't know that's a lie because I have passed that information on to them. We've either got it in written form, we've talked about it in staff meeting, or I've taught it in one of our classes or chapels or something. So that information goes forth. So Adam would have passed the information that God gave to him on to Eve. But then, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? God told Adam, Adam told Eve, but the serpent comes and asks Eve, Did God really say, it was a distraction. The serpent was able to distract Eve because she was isolated. He, 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 he lied to her and he convinced her that what God really said was not true. Eve got distracted and that distraction caused her to eat of the fruit. Genesis 3, 4 says, Then the serpent said to woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, because Eve was distracted, not only did she sin, but then she convinced Adam to sin also. 
Listen to me. Your distraction can and will affect more than just you. Your distraction can and will affect more than just you. If I allow distractions to come to me, that distraction impacts this whole ministry. We need to be prayed up, but we also need to make sure that we're not isolated, that we're not left alone. Iron sharpens iron. We need to have people in our life that we're willing to allow speak into our life and not get offended by what they have to say. Eve was isolated. Eve could have immediately stopped when the serpent said that and she could have said, I know what I've been told. Let me go get my husband and he'll tell you what God said. But instead, she stood, stood there and she entertained all that the serpent said to her. And because she entertained it, she sinned. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 and 7 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Again, your distraction can and will affect more than just you. See, sometimes it's people around us that help help us help to keep us on track, but we need them people in our lives. We need to heed the word of others. We need to heed the word of mature Christians, those that are more mature than we are, those that have been in ministry longer than we are. We 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 need to not allow the enemy to distract us from what we clearly know God has told us to do. Eve was distracted because she allowed herself to be isolated and she allowed the lies of the enemy to make her doubt what she had already known came from God. And that distraction caused both her and Adam to be sent out of the garden because of their sin. Another person that we can look at that was distracted is Samson. If you read in your Bible, Judges 13, chapter 13 through Judges chapter 16, you can read about the life of Samson. And I don't have time during this podcast to share all of it, but I want to share with you some of this because we understand this about Samson. Samson was a man of destiny. Samson had a destiny, but he allowed relationships in his life to distract him from his God-given destiny. We understand that for you and I, the Bible says in Jeremiah 1.5 that God knew you were before you were born and he ordained for you. He created a destiny, a purpose for your life, but we have allowed others in this world to distract us just like Samson did. The Bible says that Samson had a destiny. Judges chapter 13 verse 5 says, For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Samson had a destiny to be a deliverer, to be a Nazarite from birth. Before God, Samson's identity was established 
in God. And his Nazarite vow was part of who Samson was called to be from God. Judges chapter 16, verse 4 through 5. says, Afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him and afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. See, the key parts of Samson's vow were constantly being challenged by Delilah because she was constantly being enticed by others with money. She began to distract Samson from his identity. She had begun to distract Samson so much that she convinced him to give away the secret to his strength. Because of her distracting Samson, Samson revealed the identity and destiny that God had for his life. The Bible says in Judges chapter 16, verse 18 through 19, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up once more for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money to, into her hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man. And he, he came in and shaved off 11 locks from Samson's head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. See, it's important to remember that who you, who you really are. It's important to remember who you really are. Your identity will always be a point of attack from the enemy. Don't let others distract you from what you know God has ordained for you. You know, I think about often, you know, I've never met my real father. Uh, I was raised by uh, my uncle who is absolutely no blood relation. Um, I I have no great education uh, in business or in ministry. And if I listen to what others have said about me in the past, that would distract me from what I know God truly had for my life. Without going in deep into my testimony, I remember my grandmother telling me many years ago that when I first uh, came into this family at two years old, she would begin to rock me and she would pray for me and she would prophesy over me that God would use me. But because of the negativity of many in my family, because uh, many people would thought that I would never amount to anything, I was easily distracted and I fell into drugs and I fell into alcohol and I fell into promiscuity and I was not living up to the potential of the gift that God had given me for my life. Don't allow others to distract you. See, we can be distracted by being questioned regarding what we know to do. We can also get distracted by people that are selfish and their motive is for self, not for the things of God. Don't allow their selfishness and what they believe about themselves to affect what you know about you as far as what God has spoke to you. And lastly, we can be distracted 
by the busyness of life. Let's go to the New Testament and let's look in Luke chapter 10. Understand this. We have to work. Things have to be done. We, we, if you've got children, you've got, God has given you a responsibility to raise those children. You, you have to, to work to provide for them. So don't allow the busyness of life to be an excuse to keep you from Jesus. I hear people all the time and I'll use, I'll just, I'll use myself for an example. Because I've made this comment before that, well, I didn't have time for this or I didn't have time for that, but I had time to sit down and watch a three-hour football game or I had time to sit down and watch an episode of something off of Netflix. Listen, there's no sin in television, but don't make excuses for not fulfilling the call of God in your life because you allowed busyness to keep you from the feet of Jesus. Let's look in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. It says, So now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is indeed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. The word used here in verse 40 is the word cumbered in the King James. So the word distraction in verse 40 is the word cumbered in the King James. And the word cumbered uh, is the, the Greek word parasapho. And it's a, a word that literally means to drag all around or to draw away and to be, be driven out mentally. Think about that. See, it's not the busyness of life. It's not our job. It's not taking care of the children. It's not our education. It's not the chores that we have to do. It is where we are at in our minds. Listen, I can be out here mowing grass and still be spending time with Jesus. I can be, I can be driving down the road and still spending time with Jesus. I can work a 40, 50, 60 hour work week and come home in the evening and it's better that I read one page in my Bible than to watch one hour worth of television. It's the things that we do that we constantly think about Jesus, not allowing the busyness of the day to be an excuse to keep us away from Jesus. Where are you at in your mind when you think about the things of God? Jesus had come over for dinner and there was a number of people doing a number of different things and Martha got distracted by all the busyness and because of it, she wasn't paying attention to Jesus. Many times I think Martha gets a bad rap because we understand things need to get done, but she let the busyness distract her from Jesus who was in the room, who was right there with her and if we're not careful, we can allow the busyness of the world to become a distraction to us because it's of how we think, not necessarily all that we do. 
There are a number of different distractions that come our way, but essentially they come down to three basic things that I want to share with you real quickly today. There are many distractions that come our way, but they come in three specific areas. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes not to, to, this thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. So how does the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy us? Three areas. Number one, timing. Timing. Often distractions come in this area because we get impatient. We get impatient. We want it now. We want it in our time. We live in a microwave society. We want drive-through uh, Jesus. We want drive-through church. We want things to take place. I've heard people say, there's no way I'm going to Teen Challenge for 12 months. Can't there be a, a shorter program in which I can find freedom from substance abuse? No. No. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes devotion to the things of God. I didn't just open up Teen Challenge overnight. It, it, it has been a process in the making. We spent two and a half years before we ever opened up this ministry researching, praying, fasting, seeking out the things of God for this ministry. When I see people that, 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 that graduate Bible college and they want to instantly, they think they should be able to open up a church and have 500 people come to that church and yet they don't want to serve. I hear people that have, have come through this ministry that have come to work for me in the times past and, and they instantly want me to put them in a, in an area of ministry where they, they get to teach and they get to counsel the students and yet they get offended when they gotta mow grass or pull weeds or clean or do those things. Listen, I do those things. I started off in ministry for the first six months of ministry, pulling weeds, mowing grass, doing those things. And it was during those times on my knees pulling weeds out of flower beds that I spent time with God. It was during those times of mowing grass for six, seven, eight hours a day that I would listen to podcasts and I would listen to the teaching of the word or I would listen to, to, to my Bible app reading scripture. So it was getting down into my heart so it would prepare me for the later work of the ministry. Don't allow impatience to distract you from ultimately getting to where God has for you. Timing is everything. Number two is identity. Identity. Your identity will constantly be being challenged because the enemy knows that if he can convince you of something other than who Christ called you to be, he will get you off course. Don't believe the lies that other people say about you, but seek out the word of God because his plans for you are greater. Your identity is not based on your education. Your identity is not based on where you were born. Your identity is not based on the mistakes that your parents have made. Your identity is in Christ and Christ alone. We need to make sure that we understand that just because we've made some mistakes in our past, those do not dictate our future. I cannot change what I did 20 years ago 
but I can have an impact on what I'm going to do in the next 20 years. If I would submit and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, if I will ask other people, godly people, mature people, to come into my life and be accountability, if I would submit to the Word of God and constantly learning those things, I will understand who I am in Christ is better than who I used to be in this world. It's all about our timing. It's all about identity. And the other area that will constantly distract us is the counterfeit things of this world. Often, people will get distracted right at the point of breakthrough in their life. It's a job. It could be a relationship. It could be, it could be somebody else in their, their life that, that has made a decision to do something that can become a distraction. And all of those things are counterfeit. Maybe God's called you into ministry, but you got a job offer and you can make twice as much in that secular job than you can make in ministry. Listen, that's counterfeit. Maybe God has called you to go to school or maybe God has called you to go to work someplace and, and, and to do those things uh, would, would mean that you can't be in a relationship right at this moment. Well, don't let the lies of a, of a Johnny Hot Pants uh, for you ladies or, or for, a, for a Judy Hot Pants for you men come in. Don't allow somebody that is not godly or somebody that you're not equally yoked with distract you from being what God wants you to be. That's counterfeit. Don't allow the decisions of others to impact what you know God has already told you to do. We need to make sure that we do not follow the counterfeit things of the world, but that we trust in the, in the purity and the surety of the Word of God and His calling. T-I-C. I was talking to a guy the other day, a good friend of mine, and he said, Pastor Tim, he said, the, the work that I do, he said, I'm out in the woods all the time. And he said, but because of it, he said, I can't wear shorts. And he said, man, it's so hot. I said, why can't you wear shorts? He said, my legs are eat up with tick bites. Now, I know that tick is spelled T-I-C-K, but I think about our timing, our identity. I think about counterfeit, and they're just like those ticks that can distract us and keep us from doing the things that we know we need to do. Don't allow the ticks of life to distract you from what God has for your life. We need to trust in the Lord and not get distracted, but seek after Him in all of our ways. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to minister your word. I pray for those that are listening that have been struggling with their distractions, that they would get their focus back on you and the things that you have for them. I pray, Father God, for those that, that, that are that they're sensing the calling, they're sensing a, a stirring in their heart, that, Father, they would stay in tune to you. I've seen so many people that will leave churches because their friend left a church or because a new pastor came in or because the worship changed or because the carpet changed. Those are all distractions. Stay fast. Hold tight. Help us to, to, to maintain the course so that as the Apostle Paul said, we can serve the Lord 
without distractions. Father God, I love you. I pray that you bless each and every one that's listening to this message. And Father, I thank you again for all that you're doing in us, through us, and with us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great week.